All right, welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We're so glad that you tuned in to our program this morning. Um, This is a show where we get to talk about uh, the gospel in everyday life, that it is this doctrine, and it is a doctrine that is meant to help you live for the glory of God and to enjoy Him forever. Around the table today, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reformed Church. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yep. Uh, Russ Herman, Pastor Russ Herman, get the symbols ready from Cloverdale Reformed Church. I'm so glad you la- allow me to make fun of you like it's almost a, every time. It's good. Well, and the fact that we're talking about humility later on is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's helpful. Well, it's helpful. <laughs> and that is our guest host today, Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley RPC. Yes. Got it. Reformed nice. Presbyterian Church. That's right, Reformed Presbyterian Church. And I'm Josh Bells from The Well. We have been talking through Paul Tripp's fairly new book, Do You Believe?, where he takes doctrines uh, specifically of Scripture and God, and then he applies them to everyday life. I think it's a pretty good book so far. Yeah. I would highly recommend it, if, especially if you have not – read through a systematic, this would be a great entry-level systematic theology, and I know that sounds daunting, but it really is not as bad as maybe it might sound, Mm. and this would be a good introductory systematic theology to begin with. So we are right now talking about how to apply the doctrine of God, kind of generally speaking, because we're going to get more into some of his specific attributes later, how to apply the doctrine of God to everyday life, and Trip is is kind of taking us into um, the direction of that the fact that that the doctrine of God creates humility in us and it knocks down our our pride. So here's the first question today: Why is humility so essential as we contemplate the existence of God? I think part of it is just because of our fallenness, we have changed instead of God being the center of all things and the the object of of all of our devotion and worship, um, we subtly shift and put ourselves in the center of all things. And and when you you have that wrong, um, then all of a sudden, even if you missed yesterday's show, we were talking about creation. If you have this wrong, then creation is there to serve me. And everything in life is about me. And the point of creation is not me, it's about God. It's putting God on display and having us reshift our thinking and thoughts away from ourselves to him. And so without humility, um, what happens is all of us with a built-in God complex will live life um, away from and apart from God Mm -hmm. and seeking our own glory. Um, And what you'll find is that 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 just doesn't work. Um, It's an empty... um, and in some ways, futile life. We touched on this a little bit last week when we were talking about uh, those first four words in the Bible: "In the beginning, God." Um, you know this. You know that that begins to that's that's the uh, that's the foundation of everything. In the beginning, God, and and it reminds us that there is a God, and I'm not it. And very often we want to. We want to treat others and and things in our life as though we have some kind of sovereignty over them. Well, in in reality, um, we're not God. We we're we're humbled by who He is and our place in this this world. And so, only God knows all things. Only God is above all things, yeah. and only God can plan and control all things. And I think if we truly kind of understand. You know who God is as we're talking about contemplating Him. Humility 
is a necessary outcome of that if we're doing it correctly. Yeah. I mean, if we could go to various passages in Scripture, whenever somebody met God, um, they fell to the ground and worshipped. Yeah. And even, not just human beings, but in the ministry of Christ, whenever he would come up against a demon-possessed person, I mean, the demons themselves would cry out in fear because they know who Jesus is. Yeah. And, you know, they are terrified of him. So. Right. And, and this is something that we experience in everyday life. Um, each of us has some area that we participate in or gifted in or whatever it might be. I used to be a teacher, and you can begin to think of yourself as, I do a pretty good job. I'm a decent teacher. I, I, you know, I'm good at what I do. And then you get into the presence of a master. Mm. And then when you see a master teacher at work and you're like, why do I even bother? Mm. That's teaching. And I think God's attributes do the same thing. We might think I'm pretty gracious and kind and loving, mm-hmm. or I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty good person, I'm holy, or I'm righteous, or whatever it might be. And then you come into the presence of God as he's revealed himself in his word and world, and you realize, oh, <laughs> not so much. Oh. Um, and, and so I think on a human level, we get that. Um, and then this is just transferring it into uh, our spiritual life. And then it, it's really when we come into God's presence that we realize just how um, small we are in comparison to the greatness and the glory and the majesty of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's really what God does in the end of the book of Job. Right. Well, listen what Paul Tripp uh, says here in, in his book he, when he's talking about uh, God and our uh, humility. He says, the holiness of God exposes how unholy we are. The almighty power of God shines a light on our weakness. The sovereignty of God shows how little uh, control we actually have. The omniscience of God causes us to face the limits of our knowledge and understanding. The love of God exposes how unloving we can be. The faithfulness of God confronts our wandering hearts. The grace of God reveals how critical and unforgiving we often are. The patience of God confronts our irritability and impatience. The righteousness of God exposes our sins. Now that's that's what uh, you know. Knowing God does for us, and that's how it humbles us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, maybe an analogy to help. Our listeners, if you're looking at yourself in a mirror in a dark room, you, you can't see your blemishes. You, you can't see um, your Which, wrinkles. Which, by the way, is what I always do. <laughs> <laughs> it's found, a very flattering. You know. I found it's best for me. <laughs> but as those lights start to turn up, all of a sudden you see all your imperfections. And when we're looking at the attributes of God, that's why looking at God causes humility in us because the lights turn up on our, on on the well, state of our soul. Most of us know the change that went uh, when the high definition TV came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. you know, all of a sudden people were a lot more concerned about how they put on that makeup yeah. and, <laughs> and yeah. other things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um he near the end of this section, he he gives some tips on how to daily tune your heart to live in harmony with God. Um and so he gives several different kind of verbs. You know, these are one word verbs that he uses to, you know, practice these spiritual disciplines every day and it will tune your heart to live um, 
in the knowledge of God's existence and the knowledge of his attributes. So the first word that he has is the word gaze. Can you talk about that for a moment? It's the idea that on a daily basis you come into the presence of God and simply just behold him in his beauty. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there are specific passages that help with that. Every part of God's word puts God on display. But I think there are more concentrated texts that that help with this. Um, And probably each of us have our own texts that that do this. Um, For me, Isaiah 40. Um, I think there are sections of the Psalms that... um, do this as well. I, I think, especially of the mid '90s through 103 of the of the Psalms, are just wonderful places to behold God in His beauty. Um, and so, what I would say is that each day starts um, by putting God before your eyes, and I think the best way to do so is is from His Word. Mm-hmm. Just you know, Paul Tripp would say, "What you want to do in gazing is to fight." familiarity with things you know we you know we tend to oftentimes just get up and just take the day and you know with you know well it's just another day it's 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 one of 365 days we 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 do we expect nothing different and he's encouraging us to to actually go to the lord you know through scripture through our knowledge of him and and just uh you know like you would try to take in a painting or try to take in a beautiful landscape uh, to see something there that you didn't see before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the second word he has is study. So we we gaze upon who God is. And then the second verb he uses to um, tune our hearts to live in harmony with God is study. Study. Can you speak on that, Pastor Ryan? Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's important that we do you mean by study? Do you mean search? I do, yes. That, yeah. That's the other that S word uh, I meant. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, I think it's important too, to like with each of these things, I mean, they're not, I mean, we, we can list them out and stuff, but there's, you know, you can look at a list and think, okay, I need to check all these things, but a lot of these kind of overlap yeah. too. So really in some ways gazing, you know, and especially it all needs to be tied to scripture. You know, we're not, you know, necessarily, I mean, we're, we're not just to kind of like, off in la-la land, just yeah. thinking about things, our thoughts need to be guided. So this idea of searching searching the scriptures, yeah. searching who he is. Um, I had one professor who talked about how when we read the Gospels, you know, read it as if you're one of the disciples, you know, following Jesus, listening to his teachings, seeing him perform miracles, you know, like you're there, and really just engage yourself in that and search and see what our Savior does and who our God is. Yeah. Third uh, verb that uh, Trip uses, I, I, I'll get this one right, is worship. So we don't come to the scripture just as an intellectual exercise alone. We have to understand what's being said there. It's it's wrong to just you know kind of lead with your feelings and well I'm not feeling it today. That we have to understand what's there. But if we're just coming to like read like a textbook or something, we're missing the we, entire yeah, point. Yeah, we're not we're not just uh, receiving the information and moving it so that we can be dismissed it actually is supposed to uh, we're supposed to use that to search our heart because god's word is going to tell us something about him and it's going to tell us something about us mm-hmm. and uh, you know now i need to uh, i i need my own understanding remediated about uh who he is and what his expectation is of me and so um you know i i want to i want i want um it not just to be information, 
I mean, we go to school, we, we think that when we go to school that the goal is, you know, just to pass and get 100% on the test or, you know, all I need is the information for now. In fact, I was great at studying that way. I could do, I could, I could slam a test overnight, but I'd forget about it the next day. Yeah. And, and this is something where worship takes us into the transformation. It begins to apply it in yeah. our life. Mm-hmm. Next verb is surrender. I just think the hymn, I Surrender All, is helpful here. I like that hymn <laughs> yeah, the, a lot. All to Jesus, I freely give. Um, and it's the idea of true submission that you're saying, I recognize that all of this actually belongs to him, comes from him, belongs to him, and is for him. And I think it's just helpful on a daily basis to just acknowledge that in in your heart, and your head, and say, God, I I am yours, and all that you have blessed me with is also yours, and I I, I want it to be that all of my life is is given back unto you. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to have time to go over the rest of these, um, so let's plug our conference coming up uh, this year. It is twenty twenty two. Later on this year, October twenty first and twenty second. Did I get that right? Yep, you yep. did. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Reformation Boise. Uh, we have Dr. Joe Beakey and uh, Derek Thomas. The subject matter this year is the church. Um, what uh, what an important subject that we need to be reminded of of, of the importance of the local church, uh, the importance of um, being the bride of Christ, of being the body of Christ. So we hope that you. Um, I don't think that our website is up and running yet, but. Here's what you can do practically is go check mark your calendar so that you reserve those spots. It is a free conference. Um, as always, we will um, be selling books at the bookstore. Uh, we hope that uh, you'll participate with us again this year, October 21st and 22nd, and we'll see you next time.